Hey, just a reminder that friend of the show and sketch card artist Ben Abusada is giving Rebel Base Card listeners 20% off sketch cards in his Etsy store. If you go to Etsy.com slash shop slash KSGeekman and use the code RebelBaseCard, you'll get 20% off of sketch cards. You can find the link in the show notes. All right, let's do the show. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. You found something. You found the Rebel Base Card Podcast. What a piece of junk. I'm your host, Greg McLaughlin. Just as clumsy as he is stupid. Join me as we discuss Star Wars trading cards and card collecting. We need a statement, not a manifesto. We'll talk about sets from the original vintage. No, no, the one I'm pointing to. All the way to current releases. This? Yes. All right, let's get started. Commence primary ignition. Welcome back, or if this is your first episode, welcome aboard. My name is Greg McLaughlin, and this is the Rebel Base Card Podcast. And a special shout-out to you. Uh, if you are catching this for the first time, or uh, you tuned in last week for the Steam Into Star Wars episode um, that I re-recorded down in Washington Community High School in Washington, Illinois, um, there was so much content that we were able to get there, so many interviews, and in addition to the uh, live taping of the podcast that it did there, that I felt it was probably best just to, you know, kind of split up the podcast into two major parts. So tonight you're going to be hearing from Dan Z and Corey Club of the Coffee with a Ken- Kenobi podcast. You'll also be hearing from Megan Cullinan of Fanta Tracks and also the Spark of Hope podcast. And you'll also be hearing from Ross Holliban from Tatooine Times. And I did at the very end, and uh, I got some uh, interview clips with uh, some of the folks from the 501st who are on hand, uh, as well as uh, I got one of the 501st and one of the Mandalorian mercs uh, who were on hand doing the cosplay during the day and really kind of made the day, I think, feel kind of special. So once again, we'll be hearing from a lot of folks tonight. Um, so it's very similar in format to last last week. Um, just before I get started, I wanted to get a little housekeeping done, and that had to do with the recent release of the Return of the Jedi black and white cards that came out on the 22nd. Um, I did get a chance to get a hobby box, and I did a uh, I did a break on Instagram where I hadn't really had a chance to open up a lot of the cards that I had gotten this month. So it was really nice, and I was kind of looking forward to what I was going to see. Um, the hobby box did come in from uh, Blowout Cards. Um, I am going to get more than one, and these boxes are about 50 to 60 bucks a piece. There's about seven packs with about eight cards in it, and I was very happy to receive a. Uh, I got a. I think it's a Mark or a Mike Quinn who who uh, did the work for Psy Snoodles in Return of the Jedi. So if I blew the name already, it was one of them where that autograph uh, was not something I was, you would say, looking for, but it was a pleasant autograph to get, and so I wasn't as familiar with the actor or puppeteer uh, as I normally would. So sorry in advance if I screwed that up. And yes, you can find me and leave that, that feedback on the on the uh, Instagram. But at any rate, um, I did get a very nice in the Rise of Skywalker hobby box that I got a crack open as well. I did get a very nice John Boyega signed... 10 of 10 medallion card. Um, I've had, you know, medallion cards are pretty common if you get into the blaster boxes that you'll find, you know, you target in Walmart. Um, so I was very kind of happy to see if I was going to get a medallion card, a very signed one and a 10 of 10, meaning that there are 10 uh, of these out there that are signed by signed by John Boyega, Boyega uh, who played Finn in, in the uh, Rise of Skywalker and the uh, sequel trilogy. So that was kind of fun, and I did get some people to hop on a board on that 
Um, but I would say, in kind of going back to the Return of the Jedi black and white set, um, what a lovely set it is. Um, it is a hobby exclusive, but it has a lot of great black and white images from Return of the Jedi, and it's a really, it's a really nice one. And uh, so if you see that out there either online or through your local card store, uh, it is definitely one that I would check out. And there were a number of sketch card artists that were contributing to that site, or excuse me, that set. Um, so it's something that I would say if you are kind of on the borderline whether or not you want to collect or not, um, that is a nice one to collect. Um, I believe there's a, there is a, a pretty large base set of it, but I would say any of the cards you received, you'd be very happy. There are some great inserts in it as well. Like I said, just, a, just one we'll probably be talking about more and more as I pick up some more of these hobby boxes. Um, like I said, a very large base set, so it's going to take me a little work, but a very enjoyable set and uh, no bad cards in there, so that's very nice. Anyway, we're going to get into some of our interviews tonight uh, that we had uh, captured back at Steam Into Star Wars, uh, and then I'll come back at the end after the interviews. I will probably set up the live uh, taping that I did, and then I'll come back at the end of the episode. <laughs> Hey, doing? My name is Ross Holobin. I'm with TatooineTimes.com, uh, partner with Fabio, who can't be here because he lives in Tampa, uh, but we like to think that it covers things better that way. Um, and we highlight creators of Star Wars. We highlight the people that, you know, reviews and stories and books. Excellent. And uh, for your co-host, I'm going to pull on my Tampa Bay Rays hat that I brought with me today. I, we moved up here from St. Pete. Okay. So I... Much love to raise, and any time I get a chance to work that in there. Um, but what kind of brought you here in today, though? Uh, today, I've been a fan since, since I really got deeper into it. I've been a, a big fan of coffee with Kenobi. Love their approach, the the cerebral approach, the you know positive fandom. Um, so just developing a relationship with them. I. They came to Indiana Comic Con, and I live in Indianapolis, so right. I reached out to Dan. Was like, "Hey, do you care if I just kind of follow you guys with a with a video camera for the day?" So, ended up producing a video of them that day oh, and wow. put that together, and have just kind of developed the relationship. So, you know, when I heard that Tom was doing this, I was like, "Yeah, it's only a three-hour drive. Let, let's go hang out with my Star Wars friends and, and have a little fun." And, and meet new friends along the way. Exactly, and it's something to where I think when you start putting us together, I mean, this is like a full-blown con. We've got artists, we've got um, authors, uh, we, you know, there's some podcast folks, and we got some writers, you know, online folks, and even like even some swag and stuff. And it becomes, and as I was saying, kind of like the glue that that feeds this year together. And what a great way to kick off, and especially for families and kids. Um, what are you kind of seeing around here today so far? Uh, What's great is seeing stormtroopers walk around and a Jawa and you know the 501st Midwest Garrison being here. Like right. that, that's that just adds that touch of legitimacy to anything that's to any event that you have. But then seeing it's so exciting, you know, just just empowering young girls and seeing so many little rays going around in their cosplay. Exactly. Um, just the great job that Tom Gross has done with this in terms of it's so well Star Wars themed, you know, whether it's cutouts, whether it's right. games, you know, it, it is a little Star Wars carnival. And like you said, it, it is a mini con. You almost forget you're in a school, but it is something to where I love the fact that 
you know, I'm talking to a lot of folks today about you know, who their inspirations are. Um, do you have a teacher, whether it was uh, any time during school, that really kind of inspired you to maybe think outside the box? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can go all the way back to, to Bowie, Maryland and PG County um, with Mrs. Morris in first grade who opened my eyes to, hey, don't always look at everything as face value. Exactly. Um, and I think that's always resonated with me well. And I, I've been very fortunate in terms of teachers, especially more English and social studies and those things of, of history and storytelling. And to be, a good, to be a good writer, you really need to read quite a bit. Exactly. So I, I think that's so much of it. And then going into college, uh, Professor Suzanne Olsh was my English professor freshman year and introduced me to, to my favorite book by Donna Tart, The Secret History. And, and, you know, I've probably bought 20 copies of that because I've <laughs> there's so many times where I've just handed it to people like, hey, you really need to read this. So right. just constantly finding that and looking for ways to connect with people and be inspired by them. It's, it, that's what this does today as well, you know, inspiring the high school students, especially in the STEAM capacity. So, you know, education's different than when we were in school. Exactly. Um, there are more opportunities, but it's also harder to get things. You know, like, there isn't as much music. There isn't as much art. So how can you integrate these things a little bit better and, and really inspire these kids to be problem solvers and thinkers and not just people switching out widgets right the uh, i also noticed uh they the coffee with kenobi uh podcast just finished up uh that must have been uh, it's always a thrill being on a podcast uh not on my podcast yeah yeah but right here I, I know it <laughs> but um getting on getting on coffee with kenobi this is one of the largest uh podcasts out there had to have been kind of a thrill yeah I, it, it's great doing any like it could be a text with dan or Corey or tom like and i we just randomly do that as sports fans as star wars fans as you know they're just good people um exactly. so then being able to get on there and the you know the pull that they have to to bring you here driving to bring bantha tracks who's just a massive exactly. property in the star wars fandom world like that it doesn't get much better than this for a star wars fan and for people that are really trying to to do the right things and inspire other people as well Excellent. Uh, we're going to hop right back into the uh, Writers and Podcast panel, but uh, just quickly, uh, where can people find Tatooine Times online? So it's uh, TatooineTimes.com. We're primarily a website, so it's primarily written. Uh, we have a very small YouTube presence for Tatooine Times at this point, and then Instagram and Twitter as well. So just looking for Tatooine Times there. Excellent. Ross, thank you very much. Greg, thank you so much. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, so I'm here with Corey Club, who today has been podcaster and author, but I'm kind of excited to talk to you <laughs> about the authorship and tell me about what's going on. Yeah, sure. So uh, all my life I've been kind of into creating and writing and, and, and design and stuff like that, but I've just drawn, drawn to creative writing and uh, basically I've always kind of been a passion for me um, as, a, as a little kid, but just coming up with stories and imagining things, of course, Star Wars comes to play to that too, so uh, I've just really had a, a yearning for just telling a story. And talk to me about where your story is at. Yeah, so I published a book uh, probably 2013, I think it was released, small publisher online, and uh, it was called Uncanny Day, 
currently it's on, it's out of print. Uh, not that a, not a good way, but uh, I just don't. Have, basically, no other publishers picked it up, and I've really really sold the rights to anybody else. But uh, hope to get back into it. Uh, I know life is very busy and things like that, but it's always been a hobby and always been a passion for me. So see where it goes. How have you found the time to not only podcast? Because I know you're not doing coffee with Kenobi full time. But you are on the podcast, on the Patreon, but how do you find the time, or how do you give yourself the time? Yeah, it's, it's scheduling, man. I, I think that you have to pick and choose uh, what you want to do, what you're passionate about, and it kind of either say no to other things. I mean, the power of no is, is, can be strong, I think, sometimes, because even though you're, people ask you to do things, it's, you're, you're being uh, availability is, is, is for, for me, it's, I mean, family and friends come first, and then you know everything else is comes second. So hopefully for me it's it's having the time to do it. And of course you know if the time is right for me, then it works out. I mean, I think too it's you know if I really am passionate about it, I'll find time. You know I'll make time. I'll be tired the next day if I'm up till midnight to working on something. But uh, I think definitely it is uh, something if you're passionate about enough about it, you'll find the time to do it. And one of the things that's kind of interesting for this community. Um, now that we're past Rise of Skywalker, is how do you keep the momentum going? For the podcast or just in general? Or just in general. Boy, honestly, I, I, I walked out of uh, Rise of uh, Skywalker kind of feeling, oh, good, I'm ready for a break now. Because honestly, it's like, it's ever since the Luke's film has been bought for, by Disney, it's a lot of go, 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 go. Let's put right. content out there. And I think... Uh, from a collector standpoint, from a fan standpoint, it's something like explosion, you know, which is great. I think because a lot of opportunities for new fans and opportunities for new content and, and items and merchandise and stuff like that. But you have to kind of, for me, it's I have to have to have on the brakes a little bit uh, and say, what do I want to do? How do I want to be a fan in this in this capacity? Like you mentioned, uh, the podcast. I stepped back away. It was uh, two or three years ago, just just because I was just I had to start a new job. We were looking to adopt our daughter. And so I, I had to, to kind of juggle things a little bit and say, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And obviously I've done a lot of stuff with the podcast because of Dan's asked me to do it. Right. Uh, but uh, I think, too, it's, it's as a fan-wise, it's like you have to kind of give and take of what you want to do. And I know you're a big card collector, and I saw you see you post stuff out there. I'm like, this guy's got everything, you know. I think it's so incredible to see your fandom through the cards because it's unique it's a niche and something that somebody isn't doing that I know of until we met you at Celebration of course Right. and uh, it's fabulous I think for you to be able to have your niche thing and be able to uh, just do it as you do and, and it's cool I think because you have a that small group of folks that are just really excited about it so you know, I know you're super excited about it this is like your <laughs> jam I mean <laughs> it's like how do, I'm, my question back to you even was still like where do you where do you draw the line of like maybe this is the last pack I open, or maybe this is, you know, is there is there a point in your head you come to and, and think, well, maybe this is, you know, too much. I, I think in the beginning when Disney first started back and I was collecting everything and I was I was finding that I was going to uh, retail stores like Target and picking up and I was ending up with a lot. I kind of started looking at going, well, you know, Topps is releasing X number of cards during the year. I'm going to pick this, this, and this, but I'll stay away from because there's a lot of high-end stuff that I go, you know what, there's there's people who just collect sketch cards. There's people who just collect autos. Yeah. And it's one of those where, you know, as, as a base card, it's kind of in the name there. Yeah. I kind of like going for that, that full set. And so in some cases, I found even like, I'll just collect a hobby box which has a full set in it. Yeah. And then I can step away and go, okay. Sure. And I can go, go on. But yeah, I think it is something to where you can pick and choose and find your spots. And I think... I think you said it also, kind of like giving yourself the, 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 
giving yourself the permission to pause and to kind of step back and to go, I could, I don't necessarily have to keep buying in order to post content. It works out that yeah. way, <laughs> but there is, you can go back and celebrate what you have. And I think that's also, you know, I, I think, you know, what I think maybe the your podcast, the Coffee with Kenobi podcast, gave you was kind of a maybe even a platform to go. I've got my name out there, and I think I've got people who would probably follow me on whatever project. And I think that's yeah. in some cases it has to be liberating to go. Look, I don't have to do this every week yeah. to satisfy. You know, uh, you know. Yeah. But the but I think it's something to where now it kind of maybe gives you a little bit of the freedom to go. I can explore this and have fun but also maybe give those times. There's a lot of times where I won't do stuff at home because yeah. I want to make sure I'm at least available in the times that I'm sure. there to show that I'm not just headfirst buried into this. You've, you've got to be about the, the same way. Absolutely, and I think too, I think what's supportive for me is my family is supportive of what I want to do, obviously, things. so that's really nice to have, and I'm very transparent with them what I want to do, what I don't want to do, things like that. And if I was to say, hey, I want to get, you know, back into it, they'd be like, Great, go for it, you know. And right. I think Dan obviously would be, you know, let's do it, you know. And it's it's just a matter of, of life, a matter of season, uh, and, and knowing what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and, and growing and changing how life kind of takes it. So uh, it's it's just the way I think life goes. I mean, and you grow and evolve and change, and I think it's been, been really good. I, I know for a fact that, like, podcasting for me has been helped me get out of my shell, you know, talk in public spaces, interview people. I went to... Um, Galaxy's Edge last year and interviewed uh, people on the uh, Galaxy's Edge for the Rise of Resistance ride and it was for media only I was by myself and I was like okay I don't normally do this <laughs> this is Dan's like forte he couldn't make it so I was kind of in for him and I was like okay what would Dan do in this situation I was kind of like if I can't do it as me I think what would and that kind of helps me you know grow and helps me become a little more out there and, and get in front of people and, and you know be natural and you right. know, come across and just hopefully have a good time Excellent. Uh, what can um, folks who know you and follow you, what can they kind of look forward to you coming up? And, and do you have anything in the fire? Yeah, so I'd love to get back into writing this year. Uh, it's one of my goals. Uh, I'm excited about some uh, Star Wars fan fiction. I've got an idea for some fan fiction I'd like to do. Uh, I don't know where that, where that will land. I'd like to get something done before Celebration. Uh, that's kind of my, my goal. But then again, like, you know, where does that live? Uh, online right. somewhere? Do I just, you know, for funsies? You know, to me, it's like, I want to just get the idea out of my head and on the paper and just, I don't know, have fun with it, enjoy it, and see, see where that goes. But uh, that's one of the writing projects I have working on this year. Um, of course, we're doing, we're doing the podcast, we'll do a celebration in this year. Um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that we want to do as far as a podcast. Um, you know, doing events like this is always a blast. I think we have fun getting out in the community and exploring, talking to fans, young and old, and talking, meeting with new friends and old friends and stuff like that. And the fact that, like, it keeps you connected, the fact that I don't sit behind a mic in a, in a small room in the dark and, and podcast <laughs> and think, oh, I, I can get out of here and do stuff. And so I think it's liberating. But uh, this year is exciting for, for Coffee with Kenobi. We're doing a lot of fun things, I think. And see where the see where it takes us. Excellent. And if somebody wants to find you online, I know we the coffee with Kenobi kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. But uh, do you, if you have people following you on the different socials, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Corey Club as my link there, and you can reach out there and ask questions or say hello, or uh, Instagram on there at Corey Club again. Or if you want to email me, Corey C at CoffeeWithKenobi.com. Excellent, Corey. Thank you so much. Absolutely. If you're doing a 3D print armors. For, for whatever costume you're going to do, 
because this took 28 hours to print this one piece, but it could have failed 20 hours in, and that's 20 hours you lost, and you have to start again. So pretty much, it's a dedication to the idea of doing the costume. You're gonna do it, and it's gonna take as long as it takes, because that's how long it takes. So this um, is one of the this is one of the pieces. Uh, the, what, what is this piece called for the for the Mandalorian? It's a gauntlet. Yeah, it's forearm, forearm like a bracer, yeah. And how and and how do you get the design for this, or is it just something you do? You have to kind of design, or do you have to get the design from? There's there's people in the community that do the designs. Some of them give the designs away. They just you can have it, just download it and, and print. Some of them sell their, their designs. A lot of times you can get several pieces of really super reasonable cost but uh yeah there's there's somebody out there sitting behind their computer in the community designing this stuff so yeah and uh a lot of us were connected to each other through forums and facebook's and all those kind of groups so we know where to find each other and who's got what and yeah so it's a very community oriented kind of process one of the things i get and um i don't know if anybody here does like tabletop gaming or that kind of thing where you're army building where i can only imagine you finish the one outfit and probably the next thing as soon as you get done it's the next outfit right is that is that what a lot of times it is uh yeah because there's something new comes out or you see a picture of a kit that you never even really thought about putting together and a lot of times it comes from seeing another member in that costume. As, uh, one of my other costumes I have is a, is a Wookiee, right? So I wear stilts. I'm seven foot four when I'm wearing the Wookiee. And it, taking it to events has inspired other people within the group. They're like, hey, I really like that. I want to do that too. Can you show me how to do that? And then we'll help them. And then it just kind of spreads from there. I don't have to kind of talk about all the good work that you guys do, but at an event like this, um, is this kind of the same, or is there a little bit of difference about an event like this today? Um, well, different than... Well, Say mean, if we were at C2E2 and you're setting up oh, shop as a... Yeah, well, the smaller events usually a little more intimate. You usually have the ability to interact with the crowd easily because you're not getting overwhelmed with a million people wanting to you know get a picture or talk to you about what you do I mean, at like c2e2 we have a large area that we occupy so we're a little bit more spread out but i like encouraging the smaller events so they can grow and become bigger events right so that that for us is a lot of fun to watch because this event we've been here every year and we've seen it slowly expand and get bigger every year so that's fun and what were you? Uh, what were you as today? Uh, I was uh, another Hope Stormtrooper today. And I know that they have the designation. Is it because uh, you guys have your names? Yes. And what what is your designation? So I am TK thirteen ninety seven, and that number is assigned to me by the club, and it's my number forever. Nobody else will ever get that number. Oh wow! And I know that a lot of times the five hundred first guys have a card. Have you had a card made of yourself? I have not had a card made for my Stormtrooper. I have had a card made for my, my Wookiee. And then I have a non-canon costume that I did that I had cards made for it that I uh, 
Actually, it's a stormtrooper covered in thousands of glass gems. <laughs> so it's very sparkly, but it's not a canon costume, so I don't normally wear it to an event. I've not got one for the stormtrooper. I keep meaning to, but have not done it so far. And how can someone reach out if they want to track the what you guys do at the Midwest Garrison? Um, well, Midwest Garrison has a Facebook page, and we have a regular website. Is it MidwestGarrison.com, I believe? Yeah, yeah. And then Midwest Garrison on Facebook, or you can track to us through the 501st Legion. Um, amongst the members that we have here, we've got members of the Mandalorian Mercs Costume Club, and earlier we had somebody from the Rebel Legion Costume Club also. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Hey, oh, welcome. and uh, for the record, Brad Hartsock. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes, and you can look me up on Facebook too. I have a public page. <laughs> it's super public. I don't. It's super public. <laughs> I don't. I don't restrict anything on it. One quick question, Mandalorian yep. Merc. Um, how has the Mandalorian sort of changed this whole, you guys' whole deal? Uh, it's definitely added some new members, new life to the club, more people wanting to do Mandalorian costumes. Even uh, some previous haters of the Mandalorians <laughs> have, uh, are making costumes for the Mandalorian now. So that's helped a lot. Uh, with the new club or the new show, there's new costume requirements too that haven't been kind of fully worked out yet because you know currently the costumes have to have like cab armor and different things and the the new mandalorian doesn't have that so they're still working on out making that uh making those custom kits as well so and with any any doing this uh, you you have to have a passion for the character that you have spent a lot of time creating so how have you found the mandalorian series been oh it, i love it as as uh Someone who does most of their time as a Mandalorian anymore, uh, on the custom side of that, it, it's just, it's brought a whole new life to the club. I mean, even within the members and, and all that. So it's, it's, it's nice seeing new stuff. And I'm sure you were you getting a little bit of looks today because of the show? Do you think you were? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I had taken my helmet off one time because uh, <laughs> a kid was scared. And, oh, you created sacrilege. You took your helmet off. Like. No, we're we're not part of that clan, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, it 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 is working out really well. It's it's helping out, and we're starting to get a lot more. Are you the Mandalorian? Uh, you know, are you a Mandalorian? Versus, it's Boba Fett, it's Jango Fett, and we've have have some guys in yellow armor, and they're like getting called Boba Fett. It's not even close. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's helping out that part a lot too. Excellent. And someone wants to reach out to the Mandalorian Mercs. Where do they go? Uh, MandalorianMercs.org, I believe. And uh, on Facebook, you can find Illinois Nexu Clan is the, uh, the Facebook page of that. And uh, that's probably the easiest way to reach out to Illinois uh, Mercs. And then we can point you to the exact location on the main forums because it can be a little tricky finding the right spot. So, Excellent. And once again, your name is? Mark Berry. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. All right, so I find myself with Megan Cullinan again here down at the Steam into Star Wars as it is wrapping up. Megan, can you tell me why you came down here today? 
Well, I was very honored to be asked by Tom to uh, participate on the panel for writers and podcasters. Um, I think it's really important that um, you know women show up for these kind of things. Not to say it's bad that it's a male-dominated thing, but oftentimes that's the case, and I think it's important for girls to see that women can be involved in podcasting and writing and being a Star Wars fan. Um, and I just wanted to share my story. And talk a little bit about, I know, uh, I sound like I think we're going to see the, uh, we're going to hear the audio from the panel, but how did the panel go for you and talk a little bit about it? It was fun. I think I said what I wanted to say. Um, and I got a lot of advice from everybody else. And I think that was really important for me to hear everybody else's experiences. And, um, and to, like I said, to share my experience. And I still have a lot to learn. I know that, but I'm going to keep going and uh, keep trying. And I think the nice thing is that we're all sort of in the same boat and we can all be here to support each other too. So I'm very fortunate to have met you and met everyone else on the panel, on the panel and uh, to know that, you know, we can go to each other, you know, to do these things again, be it here again next year or somewhere else. Uh, Joliet Star Wars Day where we met. Um, I think it's really incredible that we have this opportunity to get together and to have kids have the opportunity to do things that involve Star Wars but also science, technology, art. It's, it's really incredible and I'm really, I'm really happy that, that these things exist. Was there a teacher or a teacher that either inspired you or kind of kind of maybe opened a door that you hadn't before that really kind of into something you hadn't really thought about before that that maybe it was a bit of an inspiration that kind of maybe maybe you thought back today you know my fourth grade teacher is somebody that actually had known my adult life you know she was my favorite teacher in elementary school and she was my science well she taught all the um, subjects but her number one subject was science so that was like like a really incredible thing to have this teacher who knew all this stuff about science and we did all this really cool stuff and she was also into theater and i'm into theater and music and as i grew up she was still sort of around to be that inspiration for me and she's just got this really big personality and so I, I guess now I think back to it more she was inspiring in the way she used to tell our class weird is wonderful and that has stuck with me since fourth grade like I didn't know it was okay to be weird and I feel like I'm like you know, weird in a good way. You know, I love Star Wars and I love music and I'm just sort of this like quirky person and she was the one that was like, it's okay to be that way. Talk to me a little about the projects you worked on. Like I said, the last time we uh, saw from you and heard from you was Juliet Star Wars Day, but um, say over the last six months, uh, what are some of the things you were working on? So I've been trying to continue my podcast, working um, with other podcasts, uh, Fanta Tracks, um, un Unmistakably Star Wars, Legends and Lore. Um, a little bit more of my personal life, like I said, I'm really involved in theater, so I've actually done a number of musicals, either music directing or performing and music directing, which is kind <laughs> of a tough task, um, but it's really rewarding. Um, and it just sort of help, helps me improve in my skills as a singer and performer and a musician. 
So th that's sort of what I'm up to, other than my regular day job. I just I try to keep busy and keep my mind going. And what are some of the things you're looking forward to this year for yourself and for some of your projects? Um, I guess I'm going to continue music directing. <laughs> I have some of those in the cards. Definitely more episodes of my podcast. Um, I'd like to start blogging a little bit more. I did get away from that just a little bit. Um, and being at Celebration again, I'm just so excited to be with everyone. Excellent. And I, I think I need to get you on board for uh, hijacking Joliet Star Wars Day. Yes. I think I, I, I think they need to, to find that we need our own space. We'll call ourselves a... Well, here we could call ourselves Foreign Press because we're from Chicagoland. <laughs> but maybe up there we can find it. We can find a press area, and I, I think that would be a staging ground where we can basically just take over. Uh, are, are you on board with me about that? Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I need something to do before August. Not that I have all this other stuff to do, but... And where can people find you online? You can find me, uh, the web or the podcast is at Spark of Hope Pod. On Twitter, uh, the website is sparkofhopepod.com. My personal Twitter and Instagram is at MegZCall. Excellent. Megan, thank you very much. Thank you. you know, obviously, you need no introduction, but one of the things that I think is amazing is, is that you come in as a teacher, so you just, you're out there and you're, you're, you're seeing kids every day. One of the things like in, a, in an event like this, how do you kind of, how do you kind of get your, how do you kind of get your kids excited about Star Wars and, and, their, and their work? Right, well, what I tell them is, from day one is, I actually don't, doesn't bother me if you don't like Star Wars. In fact, that's okay. I don't even care if my kids like Star Wars. What I care about is that they find what they're passionate about and they express it and they own it. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, you know, there, being a Star Wars fan was fine, but it was sort of a nerdy thing. I actually had an Aquaman baseball hat, <laughs> and I remember feeling a little bit ashamed and uncomfortable that, but I liked it. You know, you fast forward to nowadays, uh, when I first started teaching, you, Star Wars t-shirts were not prevalent. Now it's like every day you'll see 10, 20, 30 Star Wars shirts or socks or anything you know or even a star wars notebook or whatever right and i think that's cool because people are starting to become comfortable enough to express who they are and what they're about and i think that's just so important stars is the thing one of the main things that i've always loved since i was a little kid and i've always i've found it just is just a part and parcel of my life you know and in in kind of my thought process and how i what i believe family is you know star wars is so great because it takes family and puts a new spin on it. You know, I won't spoil the end of The Rise of Skywalker, but I think that perfectly encapsulates family is, yes, it's blood, but it's also people that you grow up with. It's also your friends. It's also your mentors. And what I think uh, that I like sharing with people, because believe it or not, when I show Star Wars to my students, uh, a good chunk of them have never seen it before. Jeez. Even now, this semester, they know I'm the Star Wars teacher, but they haven't all seen it. And so I get to share that with them. And I don't have to sell it. It sells itself. I'm excited about it. I talk about it. I point out the nuance and different behind-the-scenes things of it. And I think that gets excitement. But it's the same thing I do with Hamlet or Huckleberry Finn or Romeo and Juliet or something like that. And that's actually how Coffee with Kenobi started. Isn't it nice you have a guest? You can ask one question. They talk for 20 minutes. I love minutes. it. That's, that's all I need. And so I, we were studying Dracula, I think, or maybe it was Hamlet. And they were coming up with really insightful things. And I thought, this is fantastic. This should be what Coffee with Kenobi is. Or this should, I didn't even know the name of the show yet. This should be what my Star Wars podcast is. I'm going to take 
the way I analyze literature, and I'm going to apply it to Star Wars. But there were a couple of key things that I knew were important. I didn't like spoilers. I like finding out about things the way the director or the way that the studio wants me to find out about mm-hmm. it. And then I'm not... I don't, when you, I find like when I anticipate things, I end up getting disappointed. I don't want to be disappointed. I want to take what's there when it's there. When you're reading a book, you know, you just turn it page to page, and you find out when the writer is ready for you to find out about it. So I let them learn that way. You'd be surprised so many kids don't even know about Darth Vader and who his kid is, or how many people don't know what happens to Rey, or who her parents are, or who her parents aren't. Exactly. Uh, and it's just phenomenal. Anakin's turn in Revenge of the Sith last year in particular I had a student who didn't care about Star Wars but by that moment when Order 66 happened she slams hand on the desk and she goes oh my gosh and she put her head down like she was grieving oh my goodness because, and I have goosebumps reliving that moment because these stories are so powerful and George knew what he was doing you know he knew about myth he knew about stories and storytelling and he created something that I mean that lives on and on and I don't think it'll ever go away I have a million questions to ask you, and I know i, I got to let you go, but the one thing that I always find fascinating is how do you find the time and how do you manage your time? Because as a teacher, that has to be, and a parent, that has to be, that, that's two full jobs right there. How do you find the time to not only nurture but grow your show right. and your brand? Well, you know, I get that question a lot. And I don't know that I have a secret firm, I just know it's who I am. I mean, this is the kind of stuff I'm working hard for and dreaming of for such a long time. Uh, people say to me, would you ever just want to do your show full time? I probably could, but I would be missing this. Like this yeah. is so it's so part and parcel of who I am. And as it turns out, teaching and Coffee with Kenobi work together beautifully, right? Um, I like uh, trying to be a positive role model. I didn't always have a positive role model growing up, and I like making that a thing. I like to inspire people, because it inspires me too. You know, with Dan's Media, it's like, I want to inspire you to inspire other people. Right. That's the thing. Because that, that's how we create. I mean, I know there's negative stuff and things that go on, but I, I just don't give that any of my time or energy. Because I want to build up myself. I want to make this world and help to add to this world and the great things that are out there. So it fills me up. You know, uh, last the week that the Rise of Skywalker came out, where I was in Florida the week one weekend, then I went to California the next weekend, I went to the premiere. Uh, I hosted two events for this movie, and then the next day, my wife Deanna said, "If, if she said, if I were you, I'd be like so emotionally exhausted, just want to kind of just chill and lay down." And she said, "You're still going?" I said, "Because it's like it's like a I'm like a battery for this stuff, and what happens? It just fills me up, right? Because it's so in- encouraging and exciting, and it just gives me a lot of energy. I find the older I get, the more energy I have." And I don't know that I would have expected that, but I also, I make sure, I mean, uh, here I'm, you know, during the day I'm teaching at night, once Mason's asleep, I do the show, or I do the writing, or I do the marketing, or I do the promotional stuff, or I do the planning. And then I wake up really, really early, like I get up at 4.30 in the morning and I work out. Because that is part of my mental health too, and that helps me be good for things like this, and things right. like that. So I find the to give myself time, I've got to make sure that I balance out my life. I mean, I make sure I go to Mass. I make sure I spend time with my family. I make sure I spend time with my wife. I make sure I, that I put all my all into my teaching. And that's another thing, too. Like, wherever you are, that's where you are. Like, right now, I'm exactly. here with you. I'm on the show. That's what matters right now. 
when it's done, you know, I'm going to be a dad. You know, then I'm going to go home and be a husband. Or then when I'm at school, I'm a teacher. And wherever you are, that's where you have to be. And I don't know. I don't think I've been answered. Be here question. now. Be no. here. Be present. No, I think, and that's great advice. Obviously, we're going to see another one of these yes, next year. Next year. Okay. And and just quickly, what's coming up with you? Uh, where are you at next? I know you got a busy schedule. Right. Oh, golly. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, I've launched Danzy Media for people who are starting a new podcast or right. a blog or just want to build their brand. Uh, that's gone really well. I've, I'm doing a lot more public speaking. Uh, we've got a ton. I've got material for the next three months of shows, <laughs> guests lined up. Um, the writing option is always there for me. Uh, it's just more like finding the time. And, you know, when you come up with an idea, you have to figure out how do you want to share it. Uh, is it something that's ready? Is it still kind of marinating, you know? So when I come up with ideas for writing, I try to get that down. And that's tricky, too, because when you do want to write something, um, they need it right away. So you got to make sure that you're really, really ready. So I don't know. That doesn't really answer it because it's more like I'm just always very open. I, I check my email all the time because I know opportunities are going to come, or maybe they aren't. But I can create my own opportunities. You know, I read this right. great thing today where people said, you know, I, I used to spend my life uh, – wanting to be invited to the table or, or kind of inching my way into the table and elbowing my way in and sitting down and, and belonging there. Now I just made my own table. And I think that's what people should do. Make things happen like you're doing. I appreciate that. Alrighty. Well, I'll be looking for uh, great stuff for you coming up. And like I said, I appreciate you taking time as they literally are tearing this thing down. Yeah. Uh, I think it's nice when you can, when you can podcast and record wall to wall, I think you've had a good day and even there was more people I get a chance, but Dan, thank you so much. Thank you. So what follows here is the audio from the live taping of the podcast that I did at the Steam and Star Wars event. Um, and you'll hear a little bit of echo as, as, the, uh, as I was using a couple different uh, microphones. We had mine that you're hearing me talk on right now, as well as the PA uh, that I was, system that uh, the school had that I was using there. So there's a little bit of echo in there. But actually, I thought the sound uh, came out really good. I was a little concerned as far as, like, would I be able to capture any audio? And I think when you're going into any kind of new situation there, it is one of those things where you're just always kind of concerned, like, will I get something out of it, and how's it going to sound, and can I piece this all together later? Um, but it turned out okay. The, it, the podcast itself is about 38, 40 minutes long. Um, that was about my uh, the length of time that they had given me there. And it was in front of a, a decent number of people. Uh, I was very pleased of those who showed up. I did have some Funko Pops that I was going to give away. And it was real nice. There were some kids there uh, that, that sat there and sat through the whole thing. I think they just saw the Funko Pops, but they, uh, they, they walked away with some nonetheless. And I was kind of trying to find a... Uh, I was kind of trying to find... A, a bit of trivia that I could do there that was not too hard. You know, you kind of wanted to have something that definitely I didn't want to walk home with the stuff I came up with. I was like, hey, I do want to get rid of this stuff. But I tried to come up with a novel way to get a little bit of card trivia in there and also had people, you know, walk away with some swag. It was really fun. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's different when you're recording like I am now where I'm kind of by myself recording as opposed to when you were recording in front of a group of people. And so uh, it made it fun. It was a bit of a challenge. Uh, but a great challenge, and uh, I bring this audio to you, and I hope you enjoy it. I'll be back at the end uh, to take you home. But I just want to say, for starters, for those of you who already are here, uh, are you enjoying today so far? What do you guys think? Okay, I'm seeing some thumbs up. I'm seeing some claps. This is good. Um, isn't this kind of amazing that we are here 
but it's it's Central Illinois. It's Washington High School. It's a it's a school event, but we're seeing the 501st here. We're seeing uh, podcasters and artists, and isn't that amazing? Uh, I, I just think that is that is so cool. So I'll let you. I'll let a couple other people kind of sit in. We'll be getting started here in a little bit, uh, in, in a in a minute or so. And normally, what I would say is, if I am doing my podcast, normally I come in after the intro music and I, I kind of slap myself together. Uh, so on one hand, this is going to kind of be live and off the cuff, and we're going to take this until I think until you guys decide like what's for lunch. I think that's the I think where that's where everybody's head is at the moment. It's like, oh, what are we doing for lunch? Yeah, it's about time for. Uh, and then whoever, whatever you guys are going to stream on Disney Plus later today. Uh, my hope is that I can get an artist to join me in a little bit. I know that we have a lot of folks. And, and generally, this is the kind of scene when you're at cons to where uh, I want to talk to everybody. And, and one of the things, and I'll go ahead and get started. Uh, my name is Greg, uh, Greg McLaughlin. I'm, I, I do the Rebel Base Card podcast. Um, I'm out of Chicagoland, out of the suburbs. I can't say Chicago because I live in a suburb. There we go. Because I live in a suburb, I'm not allowed to say Chicago, so I have to say Chicago land. Um, but that's one of those things where, you know, I started this podcast last year, and my goal was to, I love cards, and I love collecting Star Wars stuff, and I just decided I wanted to start talking about it. And that's kind of the fun part, and I think if you're doing a podcast, if you, does anybody out here in the audience, anybody listen to podcasts? All right, I see some hands there, that's good. And I think after you listen to podcasts for a while, you kind of decide, like, I, I think this is something I want to do or this is something I can do. And, and what I would say is that uh, the barrier to entry for getting into podcasts couldn't be any easier than it was, say, four, five, or six years ago. And I see Corey Club kind of moving past. You know, when the Coffee with Kenobi podcast started, you know, a lot of the tools that are out here now, they didn't have. And so a lot of times, and even before that, if you want to go back with the history of podcasts, we're looking back around the turn of the millennium. So, you know, to get a podcast, you really had to do a lot of work. You kind of had to be kind of a computer nerd, as it were, to get your show up there, to have someone actually host the file and actually distribute it. Whereas now, um, my show, we use a, I use a program called Anchor, a, a platform called Anchor, and that you can find on, on an iPhone. And you can actually, within that same app, you can record your podcast. You can actually record an interview with somebody and actually have them distribute it. And that's what's kind of amazing. So at, at, the, you know, at this stage, the barrier to entry to get into a podcast or do something like I do couldn't be easier. Now, I kind of take it to a next step where I kind of use my Mac here. And what I do is I like talking to Star Wars artists and Star Wars sketch card artists or anybody I can flag down. Will is, is a good example. I flagged him down earlier. Probably, you know, the most awkward place for an interview, but it's one of those things when you are doing a podcast, you know, this, you, you just try, you take your moment. Um, now, you see here I've got some collectibles here, and I, I would hope maybe at the end I'll, I'll give them away or I'll come up with a, a couple of questions. But one of the things about Star Wars, if you kind of look back when, when Star Wars started, um, to me, one of the kind of the tentpole things was... Uh, the comic books which came out. I don't know if anybody ever read some of the classic Marvel Star Wars comic books. I see a couple of hands there. Um, you had the cards, and if you can imagine, Star Wars cards were 15 cents a pack, those original 1977 cards. And you know, a whole box, if you went into like a store uh, and bought a whole box of those cards, it cost you a whopping sum of $5. You know, one of these Funkos was five bucks. You know, like I said, it's right on there. I, didn't, I couldn't pull the sticker off. But it's one of those things where, and even the action figures. I don't know if anybody has any. I know we saw like black figure, black figure series uh, figures here earlier. But I don't know. Does anybody collect uh, figures or Funko Pops? I see a hand there. So one of the things I like talking about is what makes a collection, and why should I collect 
and what do I collect? And one of the things that I did, a, I did an episode on was you should really collect things that mean something to you. And whether it's a cool hat like you have, I love this shirt, I love this hat, I like this ensemble here, but it's one of those things where it could be a collection of hats, it could be a collection of shirts, and these Star Wars Reads Day shirts are off the hook good. Um, but it's something to where it's something, it should be something that uh, really appeals to you, something that really sparks something inside of you, like I really love this. And you know, you can talk later about whether you have something that's opened or say something you want to leave sealed. And I can tell you none of my original toys or collectibles are sealed. Okay, the, a lot of the stuff, I have Star Wars figures somewhere, but they are completely open, they're used, you can see they're worn, but there's, you can see that there's a lot of love and a lot of passion in it. And I know that probably one of the reasons why my Star Wars cards are probably in the shape that they are is because they sat in a box for years. And I think that's something else. It's like when you collect something, I don't care whether you're you know, a, a, a small kid or a, or a large, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I know you're not that old, I'm just kind of staring at you. Um, but it is something that really means something. It might be a connection to a time when my family, my, my mom and dad took me to something or the first time I saw Star Wars or I saw something and I was like, oh man, this has, you know, I can get Poe or Ray in this and it's amazing and it might be something that sits on your shelf but I know when I look back and I see the comics and the cards and, and the, the figures, I swear I have them somewhere, but those are the things that I kept. We get rid of so much stuff. We accumulate but we get rid of so much stuff and I know like if you're moving into a place and you have kids and you go, I don't have room for all this. Um, you know, the, the thing that I say, my, my number one strategy now it, with my family and my daughter here who's in the audience can, can attest to is like, you got to really hide your stuff. You got to be really good about storing your stuff because after a while, like I went from when The Force Awakens comes out, I had maybe a binder of cards. Now I have at least 20, maybe, Lauren, is that right? About 20 of these and it's really, really nuts. Um, so it's just one of those where th there's so much stuff, but there is the joy of accumulating it and there's the joy of just um, of just having it and we have come to an age now where we have more Star Wars content than ever before and I think that's a good thing and also when you're talking one of the things I learned in getting back into cards is um, I know Cameron Johnson I think just recently is going to start working for I think doing some sketch cards for Upper Deck so you have artists who are doing these one-of-a-kind original pieces of art on a card that you can find randomly inserted into a pack and it can be worth even more than your average autograph as this thing keeps going down. Um, so that's kind of the fun to chase. And so there is this chase of whether you're getting, that's actually a really cool lightsaber. We're not, I don't know how long we're going to have that at the house. I'm just saying like, where are we going to put it? There's the other thing, right? But it's just something to where I think when people are wanting to open something and I say, you know, there is a, pl there's a time and a place for having uh, sealed things or maybe something you really want to keep hold of. You know, if you want to take it out, save the box maybe. But there is just something to like just cracking open a pack. Um, let me give away something right off the bat here. And what I would say, and I'll prep this, I'm not going to make this hard. This is, this is not like, you know, I'm not like trying to stump you. I want to walk away from this. And what I'll just say is if somebody, if somebody like uh, maybe raises their hand or comes up, I'll, I'll try to pick on you. The original Star Wars cards had five sets. There were five sets of the original Star Wars cards. If someone can name me a color of one of those sets, this is, couldn't be any easier. I want to see a hand and I want to see somebody come up. I see this guy in front. Okay, come on up. All right, name me a color. Red, there we go, original series two red. Do me a favor and pick something from that pile. You can take anything you want here. Just take any one of the Funkos, any one of the packs. 
Right, and he said red, and that was the original Series 2 red. Excellent. What'd you get? You got the wicket? Very nice. He also got the one with a higher price tag on it, too. He's thinking ahead as far as the collectibles concerned. Um, but yes, the original Star Wars card, and I'll, I'll, I won't give away the rest of them because maybe that's how I'll get rid of some of these other ones, but the Red Series 2, which is actually the series I'm going for this year because I'm in my second year of the podcast. So last year, a lot of my pot art had the original blue Starfield. Anyone remember the original blue Starfield cards? I gave away another answer coming down. Um, so this year, my theme was kind of red. So one of the things that kind of goes into it is what, you know, once again, we're talking about what are we collecting, and he actually has the start of a collect. Do you have any Funko Pops already? Just one? I think we just started somebody's collection right here. That's pretty cool. Um, but it's one of those things where sometimes people can have a, have a connection to a product and, and things like that. One of the things I also, in, in kind of tepping, taking a step back for a moment, and I think it has to do with the event here as it is, and one of the things that I think that, you know, when I'm looking and I, first off, I do want to give kind of a, kind of a, can everybody kind of put your hands together for Tom Gross, Dan Zier, and everybody here at Washington Community High School. Wasn't it awesome that they put this stuff together today? And, and one of the things I was thinking, I'll tell you a quick story, and it has to kind of do with where I'm kind of at today. And, you know, I'm going to be almost 50 to this year. And so when I was in high school, um, I originally liked to do comics. I used to like kind of draw. Anybody kind of like to draw? Excellent. And so what I used to do is kind of take my, my high school friends and I would kind of put them into the story. And I don't know, I, I see some gray hair out there. So some of you guys might remember a show called Miami Vice. So I actually took the people at my high school and we did our own version of, I did my own version of, of Miami Vice in a comic form. It was horrible. Trust me, it was horrible. But that's the thing. One of those guys, one of the guys I had in there said, you know what? We should film this. That's how long ago it was. We should film this. And at that point, I had taken, um, most times, I don't know how, um, how much clout or control Tom has here as librarian, but my librarian had all control of all the AV equipment, you know, the cameras and the tape decks and things like that. So it was one of those things where I asked my librarian, Miss Link, I said, you know, my, my friends have a crazy idea to film this. Could we borrow the camera and use it? And to my astonishment, she said yes. And it was one of those things where it's like, here's a, here's a teacher, and it wasn't even, I didn't even have a class with her, but she kind of inspired us, or even just kind of said, you know what, do what you want to with it. Obviously, don't break this stuff. But she had kind of a trust in, you know, like you, as you build your relationship with the teachers, she had a trust going, okay, they're fine. And I can say that now, what we were doing now, Miami Vice is a cop show. Cop shows have guns and controlled substances, and violence, and shooting, and explosions. And we actually had the chemistry teacher help us uh, basically film like a toy car that exploded. Most of this stuff probably would have gotten us expelled from school today. But what I love about it is, is that they said, you know, they gave us the latitude to try and even fail. And so for two years, we had a show running that myself and I and an another fella, and we had about 20 people. And that was one of those things where when I would say like to someone, hey, could you do that, or I need you in the scene to do this. Everybody just said, yeah. And that really inspired me to go, you know, I pursued television and television production for a while. And, but that kind of goes back into podcasting where one of the reasons why I'm doing this is because of my librarian just saying, you know what? Maybe she wasn't even kind of, but it's like, yeah, just do it. Just have some fun. Uh, get out there, fail, have fun. And that's just the, that's just the great thing about it. Um, and so that's just one of the things when I look and see... Um, what you know, Tom and you know Dan Zare is doing out there, 
you never quite know who you're inspiring out there, but it's just something where I think it's important to find those people out there. Tell you what, while we're doing the announcements, all right, I'm going to give away another Funko, and I've already given away one answer. I'm going to take red off the board. The original 1977 Topps Card Series, I'll just find different ways to say the same thing, had five different sets. Can someone, Mr. Ewok Hat, give me another color? Come up here and give me another color that those series came in. Silver, no, unfortunately. However, thank you for playing. I'm going to give you one of those, and I'm going to give you guys another chance. My goal is to give me, all right, I'll take, can I call him Mr. Club? Is that okay? All right, the original 77 card series, five colors. Red's already off the table. Silver is not one of them. Give me another color. Blue, yes, of course, I gave one of those. Take, a, take an item from that table of your choice. That's not the cardboard, but sorry, that was just, that's, that's what helped me carry this over. Although this box is also not going home with me. And I saw Dan kind of pop up and look. I, I brought this specifically to get rid of it, so you guys might have to fight amongst yourselves. But at any rate, but yes. Blue was the original card series, 1977. It had the star field. And so I've got three other ones, and he is going Lando. That's, that's, that's a strong pick, my friend. You got a strong, strong collection there. Um, let me ask you this. Do you collect Funkos? You do now. <laughs> You've got, that, that's one. That's one all there already. Now, one of the things during here, we're going we're gonna to see if we can peel um, Kylie Beecher over there uh, off if I can get him over here. And maybe, maybe I could enlist Lauren, if you wouldn't mind asking the guy at the far end that says Kylie Beecher to see if he might come over or just, just let him know, and then we'll kind of take it from there. So, you know, another story, like I was saying, um, I think it's you'll find these people who inspire you and it could be something and I, and I would say that probably as a teacher Dan I would say that you have you know teachers have the ability to to inspire and I don't I think sometimes you're not quite sure where that inspiration is coming from I think as probably a teacher or someone out there it's like every day you have the opportunity to inspire someone or to give someone the latitude to make those yourself and I think in some cases oh, I can see it awesome I think that's got to be why you guys do it and also I want to say that oops I'm gonna have you sit over here okay um, that's what's amazing about events like this is that you know there's such an there's an educational bend to this but there's literally fun for the whole family here and I just say once again it was an honor to be asked to come up here and it's just amazing um, I'm going to introduce uh, my my guest here, Kylie Beecher, and he has been at Artist Row. And if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and and what you do and why you do it. Sure. Well, um, I'm an artist. Uh, my name's Kylie Beecher. I'm from the Hannah City area. Um, I'm a lifelong uh, resident of Peoria area. Um, I uh, actually I've always drawn my entire life. I've always enjoyed drawing. Um, it's something that I did when I was a little kid. Loved characters. Loved Disney. Uh, love that kind of thing. Um, I grew up in the country, so I didn't have a whole lot else to do, you know, so I spent my time kind of doing that. Um, my grandpa was a sign painter, and I kind of learned from him, and, um, you know, over the course of the years, it kind of grew and developed. I went into advertising uh, when I graduated from college, 
Uh, and then from advertising, um, I decided I kind of wanted to go out on my own and uh, do illustration and graphic design on my own, and that's what I do today. Excellent. Um, do you, what is your first memory of Star Wars? Oh, Star Wars. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I was there probably for Empire Strikes Back. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, see, I was born in 75, so I'm, I'm showing my there age here. I kind of just missed New Hope. New Hope was in theaters in 77, right? So um, I caught Empire Strikes Back and uh, Return of the Jedi, and then I kind of got on to New Hope, I think, when it was broadcast on TV back in the, in the 80s. When Star Wars, when they say when Star Wars like was in this box. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think, though, when you had a chance? To, did you get a chance to see it when during the special editions? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, special editions were good. Um, you know, I'm a traditionalist. I like the old stuff. So that's kind of where, you know, my, my uh, traditions lie. Um, I kind of like, you know, at the time, what was that, back in the 90s, I think they did the, the special, the special edition. editions right okay. before. Um, I kind of liked all the new special effects because that was kind of new and hip, right. right? You know, and everybody was like, oh, wow, look at all those cool graphics and stuff. But, you know, now that you, you kind of step back and look at what they're doing today, they're taking all these new movies and making them old again, you know? So it's, it's almost like, you know, we've been there, we've done that, and now we want to try something that we did before because that's really what worked. You know, so. Exactly. Talk about some of your, your artwork and what inspires you to put pen to paper or, or in the computer. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I just love characters, I guess. And I love drawing. Um, I love form. I love anatomy. I like putting it all together and problem solving. And really, kind of, that's what artwork's all about. It's all, all about, you know, taking something from nothing. Um, you have a blank piece of paper and you start building on it from the ground up, you know. And uh, so I, I always just enjoy that, you know. Uh, putting the pieces together and, and uh, you know, that's, that's kind of my thing. Speaking of putting the pieces together, I was watching, I had, I had the luxury of kind of watching the artists um, putting their, their, um, their booths together today. Can you talk to me just briefly about how your booth has evolved and how you, how you try to prepare for an event like this? Okay. Well, sure. My booth, actually, this is kind of a pared down version of my booth. My booth is usually kind of a big thing. We've got like 14-foot tall banners and stuff like that. Uh, depending upon uh, the scale of the venue, um, I usually kind of pick certain things for it, right? So I've got all these Star Wars banners that I did for another event uh, several years ago that I kind of pulled out of the closet and I put those up, you know, because it's appropriate for what we're doing today. Um, but. Uh, yeah, you know, typically on a grand scale, I like having 14-foot banners, and I like, you know, having just about as much as I can. I have, I have like, a series of buttons that I do, um, live artwork that I sell. Um, I'm going through a Kickstarter uh, where I'll actually be creating books and stuff, um, so I'll be advertising those in my booth. Um, so, yeah, you know, it kind of depends upon the venue and how big it is. Kind of the theme of the day we're talking about, you know, we're, it's about education, but can you tell me about uh, something that inspired you when you are in school? Maybe it was a teacher, maybe it was just someone that opened a door for you that you may have not have thought about at the time, but you go, that was really critical in what I do? Yeah, well, you know, you have several of those, really, you know, as you go through life. There isn't any one, you know, that, that really stands out for me. Probably the one that stands out would have been my grandfather. My grandfather was uh, a sign painter, and he had uh, a basement that he did all of his, his work in, right, you know, and that basement was set up almost like Geppetto's workshop, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was like all this cool stuff all over the place, you know. So um, I spent a lot of time down there sketching and drawing, 
um, you know, and, and that's kind of where I got my start, you know, and he kind of showed me how uh, the techniques on sign painting and, and uh, the traditionalist approach to painting, uh, because he back in those days, that's how you did it. You did it with a brush. Um, and then probably as I went through high school, there were several art teachers that kind of inspired me, um, you know, people in the professional world that's inspired me. Um, other art directors and creative directors that, that have kind of uh, pushed me to go in one direction or another and, and teach you more of a business approach to think. Nice. So, And I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here as far as like, how have you found the event today to go? I'm not, this is not a critique. I'm just saying like, how, what, what has kind of uh, surprised you and uh, how has is, how is the day gone for you so far? Oh, it's great. It's great. I mean, it's wonderful to have, you know, a, a venue like this in Washington, Illinois, you know, and just to show, you know, how widespread Star Wars is, you know, even even in central Illinois, there's always a pocket of people here who really appreciates this and, and you know, thinks that it's a lot of fun. And, you know, Star Wars is something that, that reaches into to not just any one person. It used to be kind of nerd culture, right? You know? Right. But now it's like, you know, families kind of enjoy this. You know, dad likes it, mom likes it, the kids like it. You know, it's something that everybody can have. And, uh, you know, now with Disney owning the property, they've expanded that and they've taken advantage of that brand. And they've really kind of made it, uh, you know, what it is. Excellent. And just last question, because then I want to get you back over there at your booth. How can people find you outside of the booth over there? But how sure. can people find you online and yeah, uh, get in contact yeah. with you? There's uh, all kinds of different places. You can just Google my name, Kylie Beecher, K-I-L-E-Y Beecher, B-E-E-C-H-E-R. Uh, you can look me on Facebook, Instagram, DeviantArt. Um, I'm out there. So, yeah, if you see me, uh, friend me up. Excellent. Kylie, I appreciate you coming back over, and thank you. And it was nice. Thanks, Greg. Nice meeting you. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks. Kindly beat you, everyone. All right, let's let me give away a little more swag here. Um, once again, it's over here. The pile is dwindling, but I'm trying to get rid of it. Um, once again, we have we're going to go back to the original 1977 series, um, and we have there were five color sets. We already know we have red, and we have blue. Can anyone? And I'm going to show a, show a hand. Name me another one. I am going to go to the one, in the, the gal in back. She had her hand up before. If you can come on up. Blue and red is off the table. Silver is not one, but I'm not holding that against you. Green, there we go. Take anything you want from there. Tobias Beckett, that's a solid pick. And you know what I like about Tobias Beckett, other than the fact that he was not that expensive when I bought him? It's a deep cut character. I like that fact. So she also said green, which was series, if I go. We, said we already had blue, we had red, and we have green. But green wasn't number three. There's a couple of, all right, Sith Trooper's got to come up. Uh, what's another color? Yellow. Yes, all right, take what you want. Nice, he's going for the cards. He's, he's getting close to my heart. That's nice. All right, tell you what, come on up. There were five of the original one, and I think there's one color left, I do believe, and it's pretty. It's going to be pretty easy because I'm kind of soaking in it. What was your guess, though? It's not black. Yellow's already taken. I'm going to let you have one of those packs of cards, but I am going to take one more field of that, and then I'm going to actually end up giving these away as well. All right, come on up. Yes. Yes, you, my friend. Show me another color of the original five Star Wars card series. Yes, 
There you go. Take one of these two. Now they are sealed, so I'm gonna leave it to you. My conscience is clean. If you open it up, that's fine. Have you collected Funkos before? Awesome, so this is gonna to add to your collection. Awesome. Alrighty, we have a little bit of time there uh, left, but one of the things that I think that uh, when, you're, when you're at a place like this, I think you also have to kind of give it up for the folks who are in cosplay who, I, I'm sweating just being in front of you in street clothes, but these folks who are putting these looks together, I do, can we give a hand to the 501st? Can I just play a little bit of that? I can do fan service as well as the next person. But at any rate, but yeah, to kind of go back when we're talking about cards and collecting and even community, and that's one of the things in my journey as a podcaster and doing Instagram is that I have met so many folks. And it could be an author. It could be someone online. Um, it could be somebody who has a passion for reading. Uh, one guy who couldn't be here today, uh, Josh Baring, and he does consume the canon. And if you look on Instagram, he's there. I was going to get a chance to talk to him this morning it's just because it didn't work out. But here's a guy who spent the entire last year um, consuming all of the canon before Rise of Skywalker. And that involves books, comic books. Uh, that involves like the games and the movies and so forth. But that was a passion. And one of the things that I had him on, and I had him on several times during uh, his run, and he just finished right before Rise of Skywalker, was he had such a passion for, he had such a passion project that it's one of those things where I wanted to reach out and talk with him about it because I think it's these stories that make it so interesting. And if you are even thinking about whether you're starting a blog, whether you're starting an Instagram page or a Twitter account or another podcast, I think, once again, dive in because you will find so many rewarding stories. You will find a network of people uh, who, at this time last year, I didn't know any of these people other than maybe listening to you know, the Coffee with Kenobi podcast. And, and that is just amazing what we, and what we found. And, and one other thing that I will say, and another story here, and it has to involve a guy in the front. Um, you know, the Coffee with Kenobi folks did a panel at Celebration that had to do with mythology. Dan, Dan led it. And I know Dan's a teacher, but it's something else to where he ended up having to do this whole panel by himself. And he is in a room. I'm, I'm talking to maybe 40 people. That, that had to have been about a two to 300 guest panel that he just rocked the whole thing by himself. And, you know, Tom was running around like he's running around today with the microphone. But that is very inspiring to go, you know what? It didn't quite work out the way he wanted to. He was expecting to talk with folks and kind of bounce off, but he ended up having to leave that whole panel. And I sat through that whole thing, and it was really quite amazing. Then afterward, he was nice enough to meet with folks that came up that wanted to get his picture, and that's where he said, you know what? Um, Tom here is the card guy. You really want to talk to Tom Gross, and who has became a friend who have gone back and forth. So I think if you're going, and whether you're just coming to these cons and you're going to find the same people you run into, maybe you're not into creating content, you just kind of want to come up here. Maybe you're just, I got to get rid of, I got to get rid of this last one. Um, all right, so I ran out of five. All right, so let's go to Empire Strikes Back. Quick one. Empire Strikes Back has three card sets. Can anyone name one of the colors of the Empire Strikes Back card set? I'm going to let you take it, and I want you to come back up here. What was the answer you gave to me before? That's it. There we go. Silver was series one of the Empire Strikes Back card set. I wouldn't say who's the second and third one. But anyway, um, I know we're coming to a, a close here because I know I think I'm out at 1240. But, and I want to get you guys because there is some time left before this goes out. But one of the things, like I said, the thing that I like doing in my podcast is I like interviewing folks. And, you know, I think with any podcast, I don't expect everybody to really 
listen to each and every podcast, but I think a lot of times, whether I'm talking to uh, the folks who do the Galaxy's Edge Explorers Instagram page, where they just go to the park, they have a season's pass in Disneyland, wouldn't that be a great gig? But they have also, I've seen their community grown to where they're doing these fan meetups and things like that. This is where I'm hoping that events like this, the people that you'll meet here, whether it's, you know, Megan Cullinan, whether it's people from the 501st, whether it's Ross from Tatooine Times, or whether it's some of these great authors or artists, I'm hoping that they inspire you to go, you know what, maybe it's time for me to come out from behind the sidelines and create my own content, go out there and, and fail and try and be inspired. And I think what you'll end up finding is it's just you really enjoy it. And it's really something great. And I think that's one of the things about the Star Wars community. And that's what it is. Um, all th the only thing I'll ask you is just, just be a positive force out there. Enjoy it. Be respectful of one another. And maybe I'll get you on the podcast one of these days because there's quite frankly, there's no, I'll, I'll talk to just about anybody. But anyway, like I said, I'll, I'll finish a couple minutes early so I can get you guys out of there uh, because there's still a lot of great left. I want to thank you guys for sitting the entire time. I, I can't believe you. Give yourselves a round of applause for putting up with my nonsense. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You can find me at uh, rebelbasecard.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at rebelbasecard. Search in your podcast catcher for Rebel Base Card Podcast. I'm hoping if this one doesn't come out as far as the audio, I've got more great content coming from you ahead. And thank you so much. Thanks, everybody. So real quick here, uh, our good buddy Tom, who's been running this event for us, handed me a thank you uh, card and uh, basically had a Star Wars trading card on the back side of it. And I'm going to peel it off uh, the, the, the envelope here and oh my uh, open it up. It's in a it's in a plastic holder. I don't know what it is. I'm you're the you're the guy. You're the go-to guy. They call this I believe they call this slabbed when they put it in a, in here. And yeah. what he's handing me is the 19 the uh, 1996 score board. This is a 23 karat gold card. And this one this has Han Solo. Uh, he's like basically on the edge of the Millennium Falcon. And this is a 10. It's a gem. So. Uh, one of the things, if you have a card like this, a lot of times people will get this. Oh, my heavens. Uh, this is quite a... I don't know where he got these from. I have to ask him, but... Yeah, they weren't out that long, and it's interesting that it comes in, like, the mid-'90s. So we were definitely before the special editions. Okay. Um, now, uh, just to bring you up, like, Tops went about 10 years between Empire Strikes Back and then in 1993. They didn't produce any cards for Star Wars, and then in 1993 they did the first Galaxy set. Okay. And those were all artist cards. Okay. Uh, now more with the Star Wars artist of the day, but it's one of those where they kind of kicked off, but it was one of their first. Uh, they did it direct market where they didn't necessarily do it to, like, your mom and pop stores. They went to the card stores. Yeah. It's also interesting at that time you're seeing cards kind of peak in their popularity, and then even in the 90s where the comic bust the card bust and the comic bust come about the same time. Okay. But Topps and some of these other um, these other companies, you know, kind of have, and this is interesting because it's score, so it's mm -hmm. not Topps. But, you know, they found their niche in direct market, just like podcasting. We kind of found their niche. Okay. And there's a, such a strong community. And if you go into a card shop, you will see entertainment cards take up, you know, 0.1% of that. Right. The rest of them, if you can amaze it, uh, you know, like issue after issue of, baseball cards you know like baseball football basketball and you yeah. think like it's not a kid sport some people go in there and drop like a thousand bucks on a case oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's one of those things like I said and one of the things that means so much to me about something like this is obviously it's 23 karat gold uh, so there is a little bit but it comes with a story and I think anything in your collection the best things in your collection are the ones that come with stories into it and something that means and this really means a lot because it comes to an event that you know I was literally kind of sweating going you know, this really comes up because 
Yeah, yeah, on one level, we're both podcasts. We can both be searched, we can both be found, and someone can find it. But it is, you know, you guys are on a level that it's because of what the work you guys did. Now, obviously, there were Star Wars podcasts before, but I think you branched out and you, you had other folks, and you, you gave them the platform, and they mm -hmm. kind of took off on their own. And it's yeah. something to where you kind of gave us an idea of, like, we can do this too. Yeah. And that's why we kind of feel like, like we've met each other maybe a couple times, yeah. but I feel like I've known you, not in a creepy way, <laughs> but in a long time. But like I said, this this means a whole lot. That's cool. I, and that's the thing, it's cool because it's, like you said, something unique. I, I don't I don't collect cards necessarily. I've got a couple uh, Rebels cards that uh, Fred Prince Jr. has signed. And that's something I found at a con, and I was always going to meet him. I was like, I ought to have something to sign. So I found those, I had him sign them, so that's kind of neat to have this. This is something unique too. I mean, it's, uh, I, I wouldn't know much about it, but... Uh, it's cool to see that you guys have a niche in your podcast that you can kind of come with all these history facts and when it was debuted and, and giving all these awesome uh, details around something that I don't know anything about. So, I mean, thank you, kudos to you for, for bringing Cops Kenobi up. And obviously, our original idea for starting the podcast was giving voice, uh, voices to fans and having people come on and just speak. And uh, Dan had talked about that earlier was the fact that he was on a podcast they mentioned his name and he was excited about that, you know. <laughs> it's just like, it's just because it's... You get to know these people, you get to know this community, and uh, meeting in person, I think, is a, is a blast, too, because it's like you said, you feel like you know this person for so long, and getting to see the person is like, oh, they're real, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's so. tall, Corey. By the way, he, <laughs> Corey is very tall, so. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's been a blast doing this event, and uh, thanks for letting me come on. Thank you. Oh, I, one last question. Sure. The cowboy hat, why? <laughs> you know, okay, that is something new. I think, thanks for bringing that up, because this is the first person that asked about it. Uh, I've always been enamored with the cowboy hat and the cowboy movies and stuff. I don't know why it is. My grandfather used to wear a cowboy hat around. We are our, our family owned some, some campground, and he used to wear a cowboy hat around. And I always thought it was kind of cool, you know. Uh, it's India Jones, of course, has, has the fedora. It's, it's not a bad cowboy name. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that I thought uh, Dave Filoni wears one. I think it's, it's a unique set that uh, I need to bring out more often. Excellent. Thank you very much, Corey. Yep. Once again, my thanks to all the guests that appeared on this program tonight, and thanks again to the Washington Community High School folks, Tom Gross, Dan Zare, and all those folks down there, for inviting me down and having me be a part of this amazing event. It was a real treat, and I can't wait to do it again. If you have any feedback for tonight's episode, good, bad, or otherwise, there are several ways you can reach out to the program. You can find the Instagram post for this episode and leave a comment there, or you can DM me directly on Instagram, at RebelBaseCard. On Twitter, you can find me at the same name, at RebelBaseCard, as well as on Facebook. You can also email the program at greg at rebelbasecard.com. You can find the show notes, and there'll be links to this, at rebelbasecard.com. In the Star Wars Card Trader app, you can find me at CornFedTech. If you were a sketch card artist or Star Wars artist or collector, cosplayer, and want to talk about your work, craft, or passion, please drop me a line and maybe we can work something out. Love to hear from you. You can also leave a comment and a review on iTunes. That kind of helps get the word out about the show. Otherwise, I ask you, keep those cards out of the hands of the Empire, and we'll talk to you again soon. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline, off the album, The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only.
all names and sounds, and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.